0: The dark side is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. But what would that look like in a TV series? And how does this new interview with Tony Gilroy change the rebellion? Welcome to Star Wars Uplink, your place for everything Star Wars gaming, the TV shows, and the movies. Let's jump in. Just you reconsider playing that message for him. So there is a image going around recently about a Vader series. And while it's not true, we wanted to hop into the discussion because I think it's a really fun topic to kind of break down what would a Vader series actually be like.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, I think it'd be pretty good.
0: I think there's some really key things here that we should break down when it comes to a Vader TV show. There's a love for the dark side. And I think there's a lot of uh, pent up demand for it. Other than like the extended universe, really, like mostly in Legends, did we really get to see like a deepening of the Sith? Like we haven't really gotten that when it comes to the canon material. Like that's true. We've gotten Palpatine coming back, but we haven't really explained how he got back. We have the Knights of Ren, but we haven't really seen much of the Knights of Ren. We have the High Republic. They have this group called the Nihil. That's not like the dark side. We have Dag and Gera in Jedi Survivor. Mm-hmm. And he's probably the clearest example of like an expanding of the Sith or at least dark side user. Mm-hmm. We actually see him take his crystal and turn it red, mm-hmm. which is really cool. I think that's one of the first It's one of the first on screen depictions of that like we haven't seen anything happen like that in tv shows or the movies and it's only happened in jedi survivor now
1: that's wild man star wars is lacking why haven't (laughs) we seen this 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 goodness Mm -hmm. of evil (laughs) (laughs) the goodness
0: of evil um the book behind us that we always have which is battlefront 2 inferno squad it deals a lot more with the dark side obviously this is before Uh, Ayn Versio's turn in the campaign for Battlefront 2. And I think it's one of the clearest examples of like how it can really work. Because we see the dark side in a very different light. And we're going to talk about this later on in the episode when we go about Andor and the rebellion. But I think there's there's something that's lacking when we see the Empire. And it's the power behind the Empire. It's Mm. what Palpatine set up. It's what Palpatine came from. It's the rule of two which we haven't seen anything about at all really.
1: Yeah. We're severely lacking Mm -hmm. in some good badness like oh man just looking at the movies yeah we're all focused on the good side
0: yeah which i think that's that's definitely going towards more of like the hero's journey of like joseph campbell which is which makes sense and i think that's uh, a core part of what makes star wars work
1: i guess that is the question can you make a good story out of bad characters. Not bad characters, but like evil evil characters. characters. I mean, ultimately we do find out that Vader is not Mm -hmm. evil altogether. There was still good in him.
0: There's still good in him, I know.
1: So, I mean, that does make a complex character. Like that would Mm -hmm. make for a good story because you could still kind of play. And you
0: get the, like the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. Obviously it's more like the villain's journey. Right. But you get the, you start from a lower spot, you have growth moments and eventually there's the redemption that Mm -hmm. we see Darth Vader go into. Fueled by obviously Luke Skywalker and his journey. Yes. But I think there's a way that you can have evil characters and humanize them and we see a pretty good example of this when we look at Rogue One Mm. because Rogue One I think is that clear example when you look at Krennic you can really just feel his struggle and feel Mm -hmm. his journey throughout the empire he's someone that you can kind of root for but also hate at the same time and i Mm -hmm. think that's where the strike the balance needs to be stricken like i think there's so much that you can do with the dark side with the empire and with like the evilness in star wars that you can't get when you get into the rebellion or you get into the light side so i think that's that's definitely something and then looking at at Andor, like, I think that's one of the clear examples of Dedra Miro. Mm-hmm. When you see Dedra in the first, like, half of, really, Andor, mm-hmm. you're rooting for her. You want her to succeed. You want her to punch freaking Belevin in the face, just, like, politically, and be like, yeah, screw you, bro, you're failing at this, and I found the empire, or, I found the rebellion. When she does win, you're like, Kh-.
1: Mm -hmm. oh no
0: Mm -hmm. this is not bueno this is no good
1: hang on mess with your own evil characters don't don't come over here on my good side like i'm the good with the good people don't don't touch them please (laughs)
0: it's like wait a second oh crap this is what i was reading for oh no Mm -hmm. so i think there's definitely bits and pieces of that that they can get into but going back to what would a Vader series look like? Mm -hmm. I think the clearest example of this on screen is in Rogue One. We're going to be talking a lot about Rogue (laughs) One today and Andor and just like Mm -hmm. general discussions on that because I think that rides the line of what would really work in something along these lines is the hallway scene. Mm -hmm. That hallway scene, I was literally on the edge of my seat. Uh, When I watched that in theaters, I was like, oh my gosh, they're doing this? what that is Darth Vader that's the fear that he strikes when he shows up somewhere
1: Hmm. I think it would be a very interesting move to do a Vader series because Mm -hmm. he's such a beloved character first of all yeah and we have seen him in these moments in these like moments of just fear but then you would also have to try potentially I would assume you would try to humanize him
0: oh yeah I think you have to, and there's such, there's such a depth there, and you have the the struggle and the the loss of Padme, mm-hmm. and you have the real like struggle for control when you look at his relationship with Palpatine mm. and then you get into the like flashbacks that they could have to the prequel series and the clone wars and these different areas of like how can you bring Vader and humanize him in a way that you haven't seen him before and i think it needs to be done in a way that you hu- like you can relate to him on a human level like you can understand where his rage and his hatred comes from but i don't think it needs to be anything more than that like that's where you stop relating to him mm-hmm. And then immediately after, you're like, oh my gosh, he is literally a monster. Well,
1: yeah, you would need those Deirdre moments Mm -hmm. of like, man, I can really relate to you. I want you to win sort of thing. But then that quick turn of like, oh no, you are a force that is bad. Like I do not, we (laughs) should not support you in this. And just like having that audience Mm -hmm. interaction of that conflict, that would be really quite the something
0: and I think the thing that Obi-Wan did I again I've I've said many times I'm not a fan of Obi-Wan as a show and I think it failed miserably in all aspects but one aspect that I think people would really enjoy that a Vader show could really do is fill in the the middle gaps between the prequels and the original trilogy Mm -hmm. and show the flashbacks of Hayden and Ewan Mm. Obi-Wan and Anakin bonding and you see more so I think the the development of the character should be what Vader lost when he went Mm. that direction rather than what he can gain going forward Mm. it's more so like a reflection and a retrospective on him as a character and breaking down like what made him go this far and what keeps him going
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it would be really really interesting to see that like on that note of like what built him up and then how he's just fueled by pretty much the killing of all of that. Yeah. Like just constantly having to remember that Anakin is dead and like mm-hmm. all this like internal like Yeah. anger and all that just to make him stronger, more powerful, mm-hmm. and...
0: I think that's where it works so well, mm-hmm. is that, like like you said, I think it's a great point of Anakin being dead. Because mm-hmm. in all intents and purposes, that is true. In canon, in lore, in all of that, Anakin is dead. Mm-hmm. Anakin has been killed in the massacre against the Jedi. And coincidentally, Vader has shown up at the exact same time. But they're two different people, and that—that's what I find really fun about Theron as a character. He mm-hmm. finds out that Darth Vader and Anakin are the same person. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's <laughs> <You're laughs>
1: just like pushing little buttons, being like, "Yeah, so this Jedi I once knew."
0: <laughs> yeah, there's this one guy. <laughs> uh, his name rhymed with dancing kid. Um, um <laughs> Shmanic- No, Anakin. Yeah, that guy. H- he was pretty cool. And then Vader's like,
1: hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time by th- with, mm-hmm. had by Thrawn.
0: <laughs> yeah. Have you read uh, Lords of the Sith?
1: No, I okay. have not. I,
0: this is one of my favorite books in canon. And it is canon. Hmm. And it's a mission with Vader and Palpatine. And hmm. all throughout the entire mission, you have Vader really struggling. Like, okay, we need to work together very closely to survive. But this is an awesome opportunity. If I really wanted to, I could probably kill Palpatine right now. Hmm. So you get a lot of the inner monologue of Palpatine and Vader and their relationship and what makes it work, what makes it really break when it comes (laughs) down to it. And it's all on this one mission and you see a very different view of Vader and Palpatine because they are on the ground. They are working a mission together, Mm. which is very rare when you look at things and Mm. even in canon now or even honestly in Legends, you didn't see that a whole lot when it comes down to Vader and Palpatine. I highly recommend it. Hmm. It's a very good book, and it's a pretty easy read too.
1: Yeah, that is something that I I don't know, like the angle that you would go at for a Vader show mm-hmm. or series. Like, do I think you it would have to be
0: so flashback focused?
1: Oh, I, you would have to. I mean, just to be able to get that monologue that you can't get in writing. You know, like you're not gonna have some one voiceover. <laughs> the inner dialogue of Vader and you don't really get all that much facial expression. Yeah. Mask. <laughs> um but actually to be fair Mando is a perfect example of like how mm-hmm. you can get expression across even with a masked character. Oh yeah. So, eh. But still, it would have to be so heavily flashback heavy. But like, ha- I think that would work. Yeah. But like, what do you focus on in a Vader show? I mean, obviously, Vader.
0: You could do it almost like Andor style, where you have basically like mini movies within the series. Like, mm. if it is, let's just say it's a six episode run or something like that. You have like the first two episodes is like early on in mm. Vader's life. You have like another, like, the middle two episodes are Palpatine and Vader on a mission, like, mm. really testing that relationship and then you have maybe vader later on in his lifespan like as he finds out about luke like you have the Mm. background of what he's looking like Mm. like you could cover a lot of ground with just six episodes and you could have like a through line like maybe the flashbacks are like the guiding through line that he's constantly reflecting on throughout his experience i should say the first part where he's like really fresh in the vader like he is so deep in the the loss and mourning of padme and then you see like a flashback of him and padme and like obi-wan and their relationship and maybe they're on another mission and what vader is utilizing in the vader aspect of the show is showing like some of the things he learned on that mission Mm -hmm and you just see that called back in each of those two episodes mm-hmm. sets.
1: Yeah, it's almost like you would need a bigger theme outside mm-hmm. of Vader to just yeah. tie all of it together because clearly Vader is a very complex character. <laughs> yeah. Um so you can't just smack Vader into any like just a random story situation. Mm-hmm. You can, but it would be a lot better of a story to have that theme to just continually like pull out these moments from Vader. Yeah. Like, no, look, he's mm-hmm. still going through things, and this is why he's still good, you know? Yeah. Or not. Or like, I don't know.
0: I think that's where you have to go. Like you said, like there needs to be this underlying like theme or mission or like structure when it comes to Vader as a character Mm because he's more of a vessel. Mm -hmm. But I'd love to see more of like the him processing things in like the the vat that he gets into Mm -hmm. or like that sealed room Mm -hmm. where he can like truly feel all of like the pain and everything and like really immerse himself in that past self. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be super cool to see really come to fruition mm. when we when we look at like Vader yeah what does that look like
1: it'd be really interesting just to have like a portion of an episode I'm not even talking mm. like a whole episode but of just getting to see these emotions of when the suit is off yeah yeah who is or he? even it could
0: be like flashbacks and like mm-hmm. or the, the main like episode itself is a flashback mm-hmm. but in between that like you see different parts of mm-hmm. his like suit getting taken off mm-hmm. and like different like just the the pain and like the visual like mm-hmm. representation of the struggle that like vader has mm-hmm. internally yeah. reflected on his wounds
1: mm-hmm. and you get those flashbacks that just reinstate how he became this mm-hmm <sighs> That could be powerful.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's what I think is could be so fun with this type of series, and could really like highlight the strengths of Vader as a character. And I mean, there's obviously too something that we haven't even talked about yet is the Inquisitorius, because that is his group. That's
1: true. (gasps) So
0: that could be like the guiding force. Like it could be a mission with the Inquisitorius hunting down these Jedi, Mm because he was a big part of that and built the Inquisitorius to help him with that reach across Mm -hmm. the galaxy.
1: And like what, or what, it could be the that, founding that's of that's what I was saying. Yeah. Thinking like, yeah, what about like just the beginning of that? Mm-hmm. Almost like a Luke's beginning for the yeah. that school, but this, the, the dark side version, like yeah. Whoa.
0: <laughs> I would love that. Imagine, <laughs> that it could just be. be called Inquisitorious. Yeah. Like a Star Wars so story or something intense. like that. Like the underarching theme is what Vader's mission, but mm-hmm. also you have like the guiding underpinning of like, this is this is the overarching goal, which is the Inquisitorious mm-hmm. and the Inquisitors and building that up. But then like the real reason that you're really like seeing all of this is because of Vader. Mm-hmm. That would and be awesome. And the
1: pain and like the, the struggle that he has had with the Jedi throughout, his entire life really mm-hmm. and the injustice that he's suffered and yet still struggles with and like yeah. oh, man, could you imagine?
0: That would be so <laughs> good.
1: <laughs> <Ooh-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo.">
0: <laughs> <laughs> But, like, looking at that, seeing the Inquisitoria, seeing Vader, and we talked about this earlier, we have Rogue One as, like, the clear example of, like, one of the best scenes of Vader ever. Like, really showcasing why you should fear him mm-hmm. as a character.
1: At least in this modern day.
0: Uh, yeah, and on screen, I mm-hmm. should say. And then we get to... I, I, this is the thing that is really awesome about what Andor did to change Star Wars. Is we see a different view of the rebellion mm. and Tony Gilroy in a recent interview had a really good kind of breakdown of what it means when you look at the rebellion when you look at what Andor and Luthen are building and the different mm-hmm. parts and like different uh, areas what Mon Mothma is trying to do in parallel to all of that like you have a balance there and he says this speaking on the Dagobah dispatch podcast and he talked about the moral complexity of this specific part of the galaxy quote if your business is based on paranoia and secrecy and and death how do you expand your business how do you go public how do you go wide the rebel alliance that emerges on yavin it's almost like the christian democrats it's a consolidated compromise group but what happens to all the original gangsters and the hardcore people who built that road what happens to them and how do they integrate with that so like really building like the people that made the rebellion are the people that are willing to go to aldani kill people And disrupt the payroll of the Empire using the most extreme methods we've seen in Star Wars up to this point. In, in that canon. At, that st- at this point of the timeline, this is the furthest the rebellion has done because they didn't even, the empire didn't even know there was a rebellion.
1: Mm, true.
0: Where does, like, that's the foundation of the rebellion. And then eventually we get to the republic and the new republic. Mm-hmm. And what does it look like to rebuild? What does it mm-hmm. look like to go against the empire? And what does it look like to eventually get to a new hope? The empire strikes back and then the, the fall of the second Death Star. Like, what. The foundation starts off with what Nimic was saying in his manifesto of like, if we are to defeat the Empire, we're going to need to utilize the same tools. Mm -hmm. The Empire is using assassins and paid mercenaries. Well, we should too. Otherwise, we're missing out on an advantage that we can take.
1: Mm -hmm. It is really important, I think, that we have something like Andor that we have this reminder that good isn't just always good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it takes the bold actions of very human people mm-hmm. to make changes. And just the flaws of things. It's just it's so it's so good to have that reminder and to see that no one's really right, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the Empire could have worked out, and yes, it would have been corrupt, but it's always going to be corrupt. Like, there's never a perfect system.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and you see, like like we see in Mandalorian, season three in particular, you see the New Republic is just as bad as the Empire was. Mm-hmm. You see how the tool that the Empire used as, like, a torture method, they're still utilizing as, like, therapy Mm-hmm coping skills on uh what's his name the the, the scientist the, the cloning doctor yeah <laughs> what you see him go through is something that the empire was just using on the regular and oh no this is not the same thing this is something entirely different we've repurposed it even though it still does the exact same thing it <laughs> yeah. goes up you to the level still
1: has the max dial yeah. like Come on, guys. Uh-huh. If
0: you were truly trying to step away from the troubled past of the Empire, one, you wouldn't be hiding from it like you, mm. like they are in, in that space. And this is after all of the things that Andor does to disrupt the Empire and then ultimately to the destruction of the Death Star, which... All, all from like a little mistake in uh, an alleyway on this little tiny backwater planet. Like this is all from this one tiny moment has this big effect ult- ultimately destroying what the Empire is. And you have the New Republic still making the same mistakes. And I think it's very clear when you see them go to that old uh, empirical ship and they're looking for some of the stuff that he can make like a, a, a mobile base with. Hmm. And they are so scared that the Empire is going to come back that they are actively burning down and taking apart these old empirical ships when they're they're perfectly fine. They could have been utilized. They have the technology that the New Republic needs. Mm -hmm. They could totally repurpose them. But Mm -hmm. it's such a symbol that they are scared to utilize it because they're so scared of the empire coming mm-hmm. back, but they're at the same time they're fueling what the empire needs to rebuild itself.
1: It's true. It's kind of the hypocrisy mm-hmm. in all cases of like fighting the empire by using the fight uh, the empire's tactics mm-hmm. and not wanting to use the empire's things, yeah. and yet still using their torture devices repurposed, uh-huh. like. Yeah. Come on guys, what is it? Like what mm-hmm. are what are we doing here? Are we trying to make something new? Clearly not. Clearly we're just repurposing yep. and trying to put a better spin on what was because there's just still that fear. Mm-hmm. And it's really I think that is the message, is that fear will make us do these things. Yeah.
0: It's the whole trope and like anything that has a prophecy, you trying to make the prophecy fail mm-hmm. ultimately ends up fulfilling the prophecy. Mm-hmm. I think it's that in just a different flavor mm. when you look at Andor and when you look at Mandalorian and when you look at all these different pieces of what what power does to corrupt mm-hmm. in Star Wars. What does it look like when you see this part of things really broken down to okay, we're going to use the same methods. We're going to use the exact same strategies, but even more gruesome because that's what we need to do to win in the empire. Mm -hmm. That is what we need to do to fight this massive... Ideal that is the Empire, that is Palpatine, that is the Stormtroopers, that is everything, while also trying at the same time to disrupt what people see the Empire as, of what people see Rebellion as. There's many planets in the universe of Star Wars that are perfectly fine with being empirical run. Mm -hmm. They benefit from it greatly, but there's other planets that just do not. So, On the one point, for some planets, the Rebellion is this light and this redemptive force and this place for good in the galaxy. And then on the complete opposite side, you have planets that are like, these are terrorists. These are people that are going to disrupt my comfortable way of living. Mm -hmm. We as viewers know that, yeah, what the Rebellion is doing is the better thing. It's Mm -hmm. the good thing heart it, we know from the history and we know from our perspectives that the rebellion is doing a good thing mm-hmm. because they are going to help people but and at the same time they're going to destroy the freaking death star and kill true. millions of people and it's
1: true it's like you have to just side with the intentions where mm-hmm. the empire is run by a really evil dude
0: yeah
1: and well several evil dudes really yeah and uh, <laughs> and the rebellion is coming from this intention of god goodness and wanting mm-hmm. to restore peace and equality and all these things all these good things but that it does have to be rooted in the equivalent of what the empire is yeah very fascinating it makes characters like Ma even more intriguing yes because
0: she's like true good mm-hmm but at the same time can see the benefits and is struggling within the system mm-hmm. to pull anything off and is like you know what i really wish i could i could do this mm-hmm. but really at the same wish- time
1: it, and she really wishes she could do this without getting her hands dirty yeah but at uh-huh. the same time <laughs> oh yeah she's it's so- she's
0: gruesome like she's mm-hmm. brutal but in like the the right way, like she's trying to play the mm-hmm. system in the proper way. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that really like hits this home is we need to remember that Luke wanted to go to the Empirical Academy. Mm-hmm. Like he wanted to go there because mm-hmm. that was this path off of off world. Mm-hmm. And you have so many people within the empire mm-hmm. that are like that. They see the empire as a stepping stone to get out of their planet. Hey, what are some of the ways? Good paying job, benefits, really consistent. It could help your family a lot. It mm-hmm. also aligns you with the most powerful force in the galaxy.
1: Mm-hmm. Adventure
0: adventure exploration a chance to see the world and the galaxy and generally do something right mm-hmm. from that viewpoint but at the same time you have to also say oh crap empire might not be actually be good but i'm gonna do it because it's gonna help my family but you have all these people that were in the death start that probably a good portion of them thought they were doing the right thing or mm-hmm. were trying to do something right for their families mm-hmm. and they got murdered by the yep. rebellion
1: yep. yeah it's rough real rough
0: it's it's taking the idea of from a certain point of view and really like stretching it and making it show that that's not a good thing certain point of view hurts a lot of people and facilitates like it's like in harry potter for the greater good like Mm. let's let's Mm -hmm. let's destroy the muggles and use them as like stepping blocks so we can do it for the greater good
1: right because they just need to be led and
0: mm-hmm. this really makes me appreciate what Andor did mm-hmm. and really shows how strong of like a storytelling group and just passion that the whole team had for telling a good story and also changing what we see at, like making it make sense why the empire fell why the rebellion won and just really making it gritty like Luthen's. Monologue and speech, wanting to be the wick that lights the fire of the rebellion, knows that he's trying to build a future that he will never see because he's done terrible things and this is his lot in life. This is what he deserves, but he knows that he's doing the right thing. Mm. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. That is powerful.
1: Yeah. It's so it's so interesting, just that play again on, like, no one of just intention and, like, the, I don't know, the perspectives, yeah. like you're saying. We can stand behind the rebellion because we see it as a force of good.
0: Mm-hmm. And we know where the story ends.
1: Yeah. But ultimately, they're both doing the same thing. Yeah. They're both pretty much just trying to unite the galaxy and one's just doing it more forcefully than the other. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Let us know your thoughts on this. What do you think when it comes to Endor and the Rebellion? And what do you think a Vader series would be like? Let us know in the comments or contact at uplinkpodcast.com. Hey, make sure to check us out on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. And rate us and leave us a review. It helps us out a ton and it really supports the show completely free. Greatly appreciate seeing that feedback and helps other people find the show. But as always, hey, thanks for listening. Check out our YouTube channel for even deeper dives into lore, as well as the video version of the podcast if you're listening to this on all the platforms. Wherever you find podcasts, you can find us. As always, thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you.